Hello, and thank you for listening to the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast. We are the podcast for people who care about coffee. My name is Brian Bikey. I am your host. This is episode 52, and joining me, as always, my co-host. He is the winner of the 2016 Spreadsheet Award for Best Coffee Podcast, Brian Sheely. <laughs> oh, that, that feels like old news, man. For anyone who... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, if you're listening to the episode sequentially, then... It, it feels right, right? <laughs> Did, didn't we just say that? Yeah, we just said this. Last episode. Just go. last episode. Uh, hey, how's it going, man? Good. How are you? <laughs> I am I am doing exceptionally well right now. We're, it's a funny day because generally, if you would have asked me this over the last couple of weeks, well, excuse me, if you would have asked me this recently, I would probably have said that I I'm I have a lack of coffee. Because I haven't had a lot of coffee lately, besides just Quills coffees. Stuff, um, stuff at the shop. But I got five coffees in today. So what? I am loaded with new coffee. I don't have to brew a month and a half off co- co- uh, roast date coffee anymore. This is a good day. That's great. It's a great day. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, would, uh, I would give you a golf club. That was actually my last Friday. Um, I got in... like I. I always forget when I'm ordering like that I've ordered a bunch of them and they're all queued up and then all of a sudden they show up on the same day. Um, yeah, that was that's what happened to me Friday. Right. So I saw you have what it was. You made me a little paranoid because you said this many office coffees until SCA and it got me really <laughs> nervous for, for SCA because it's not a mal- it's not a matter of how many coffees that is. It's the fact that it's able to fit on your counter and yes. that's a that's a tiny timer. So yes, we are counting down the days uh, to to Brian's competition, which uh, oh by the way is the topic for this episode. Uh, we're going to be talking with Brian all about competition stuff, getting ready for Brewers Cup, and all the things that go into that. So, looking forward to this episode. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We should yeah. Anyway. Before we just chit chat, we should probably talk about what we've been brewing. Ooh ooh yeah. Let's do it. What have you been brewing lately? All right. So um, I have, you know, I've, I've obviously, for, for people who follow me on Instagram, I've been away for a little while, um, which oddly enough has meant a lot of um, samples and things that people might have been sending me weren't showing up, which was fine. I was perfectly fine with. So I, I like you, have actually had a, an absence of coffee in the house for a little bit. Um, so I reached out to a few friends, one of them being a veteran of the show, uh, Bethany Hargrove, also a competitor in the barista competition coming up here, um, and asked her what coffees I should get. And she pointed me to Rose Line Coffee Roasters, which I obviously have ordered from before and love. Um, I got their washed Ethiopia. It's the Bedhatu Jibicho, um, fun name to say. Anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it's beautiful. It's, like she she said she was still thinking about it when she gave me the recommendation and I could see why cuz it's one of these coffees that like just hits you right in the mouth with uh like citrus and tropical fruit it's just really bright and poppy um a nice honeyed body uh just really a a lovely coffee that I I enjoyed a lot we brewed it in the office on the Chemex, we brewed it at home on the ratio. I uh, did a bunch of like 25 gram Kalita waves with it 
and uh, every one of them just super great. So I was definitely digging that coffee. How about you? What's your broom? Well, a little over a year ago, John <laughs> Quinn, uh, roasting at Steadfast Coffee, had sent out several bags. This is this was right, I thought around the time that we had moved to Louisville, had sent out some bags of their Sarah Azul Geisha that he had, some that were just sealed bags, and a couple that were from some, some various roasts that he had um, sealed up and then vac- vacuum sealed, okay? And one of those bags, I had let stay vacuum sealed for one year. And this week <laughs> in the office, we brewed it up. So I brewed up a one-year off-roast. It wasn't frozen. It was just in a, in a bag in my drawer. A one-year off-roast Sarah Azul AAA Geisha. And can I tell you something? This is going to... We're going to get a lot, of, uh, a lot of crap for this. It was great. Really? So, I mean, I would, I would expect it to... Well, I would have thought it would have tasted terrible. And... I've had a, you know coffee maybe a couple months off roast some that have been really really tired and it it had a little old coffee taste to it but for I mean I don't know I don't know if there's a point in time to where it just kind of lowers its peak quality and it just remains there and so if it would be the same quality to which I got two months off roast or something like that but for being one year off roast it had a lot of sweetness to it a lot of florality, and it was still a pretty vivid coffee. So I wouldn't say that it was exactly what I remember it, but um, I've had that coffee from several different roasters. So I know that I don't know exactly you know, which cup would be in my mind when I'm referring to it, but it was really nice. So I'm, I'm really happy for it, but sadly that's not going to be in the show notes of something you can order because yeah. it is very old. Yep. But if you're buy, in Louisville, I still have some. Coffee. So swing on by <laughs> the the new offices and I'll brew you up some. Yeah, that was, uh, as soon as I saw you doing that, I was like, my first thought was like, he's now a coffee archaeologist. Right. It's like, <laughs> going back in time. That's cool, though. I, I remember that coffee uh, last year. It was enjoyable, definitely. Um, I, I would have liked to see how it fared over the last year. Vacuum sealing is fun, though. If you have that technology at home, I do enjoy uh, doing that frequently. Um, you know, at least for our office coffees and things like that. I always feel like, you know, un- unpacking a coffee f- to take to the office that's been vacuum sealed. I don't know. I, and I've never done the comparison, but I, I feel like still still has a lot of its punch. Right. So anyway, well, that's cool. So we've been gone for just a little bit. And... As we've been gone, um, there's been a couple things that's happened. So we're going to, before we get into the topic for the episode, uh, we're going to run down some things uh, just to let everybody know and to say a few thank yous. Um, The first thing that we want to say is, uh, you know, we've not actually talked at all, I think, on the episodes about our Patreon page. Right. If you know about our Patreon page, it's because you are also a, uh, an archaeologist and have scoured our site for <laughs> all kinds of information one of them being a link to our patreon page um it was actually something that alex set up before we took over the podcast and we just kind of kept it there because we didn't really 
know what else to do with it. So um, we actually have a few Patreon patrons who have supported the show, thrown a little bit of money our way. And uh, like I said, we haven't mentioned it or we don't talk about it on the show. But uh, for those people who have supported us monetarily on Patreon, we just really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you so Um, much. Yeah, it's... This is something that Brian and I do. I mean, primarily we we foot the bill for all this stuff. We, you know, take up our spare time to to do the show and it's something we love to do and for people to support is is awesome. This is obviously not a, a request for anyone else to go out there and support us on Patreon, but for those people who have been uh yeah, really really thank you guys a lot. So, uh speaking of support, so we also this past week released um a recommends email distribution to a whole bunch of people yes we did actually i think we're we are up to almost a thousand subscribers now which yeah, is insane. really cool <laughs> yeah so we're we're shooting out emails about coffees that we like uh to people and one of those coffees was a coffee from land and water um and brian that was your recommendation right correct I, how'd you run across that yeah so the Sarah Richmond, she uh, was working at Quills at the time that I got hired on. She was the recent wholesale director, and um, not too long into her stay, she ended up moving out to California. Had a really great job opportunity come up at uh, Coro Space, so she's out there just doing her thing. And she recently came back in town. Uh, she was um, doing a, a barista magazine write up, um, and Quills was a part of that. If you're um, if you picked up that magazine or if you see it, that's it's in this April issue. But uh, while she was in town, she brought me a slew of goodies. She brought me um, some of Devin Chapman's competition coffee um, and another one from uh, Coffee Manufactory and a couple of samples from Land and Water. It's my first time having them. So a couple of single origins and then their blend is what I believe I put in to IBMOC Recommends. So... Um, yeah, yeah, it's it was really cool. So, it's somebody I hadn't uh, hadn't heard of before. Yeah, and I've I've had a chance to try Land and Water uh, once or twice. I've ordered, and they they sent me out something as a as a hello gift at one point. Um, but I, so here's here's the point of us talking about Land and Water. Um, after releasing sort of our recommends deliveries earlier this week, uh, they reached out to us and are offering all of the listeners whoever you are out there, uh, 20% off of your order as a thank you for giving them a, a nod in our recommend service. And which I thought was really cool because, you know, we didn't, we didn't get stuff sent to us for this or they didn't even know we were, we were recommending them until they, it, it showed up, you know, in people's emails. Right. So, uh, you know, as a result, they, they really want to thank you all for, for your support and for our support. And so, if you head on over to their site and use the discount code IBMOC20, that's IBMOC20, we'll have a link to that in the show notes, obviously. Save 20% off your order, so that's pretty cool. It's actually uh, really funny, though. I know there's a lot of roasters that, you know, you in order to get IBMOC recommends, you have to be signed up for it, and then, you know, depending on your flavor preferences, you get a coffee mailed out to you. And so a lot of folks, they get, when we, when we post the recommends, they get tagged as being one of the roasters, and, you know, I feel like at least one every single time is like, "Hey, would you mind forwarding us uh, what what you sent yeah. out?" Because we we because we never saw it. We, yeah. we don't send it out to that. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should do that 
in the future to at least check to make sure they have stock or something. But yeah. Anyways. So one more thing um, in addition to that, which is probably the biggest thing and maybe is the thing we should have let off with. But um, okay. So we have talked about this for quite a while and I think we are about ready to pull the trigger on this new little project uh, for IBM OC. It is uh, an ice cream cart. Channel. Oh, ice. Oh man, that would be fun. Sorry, I thought we not, were talking about. I guess we're okay. Not in Phoenix, though. It, ice cream carts in Phoenix are a terrible idea. Right. Milkshake maybe, cart. maybe in Louisville. Mm. An ice cream cart that actually gives out milkshakes because of the weather. Because of the weather. Yep. Anyway, uh, uh, that's like ordering chocolate bars and <laughs> right. having it turn into hot chocolate. So Slack channel, <laughs> a Slack channel. Uh, so yeah, we're we're gonna start up a Slack channel, and uh, we've had a lot of people interested in talking more about brewing, about uh, gear they might get in, uh, things that are going on in the news, even specific conversations about each of the episodes that we have. Um, in addition to just you know coffee talk, what do you like about a coffee? What are you drinking right now? Um, so we're gonna have basically just a slack available for anyone who wants to sign up it's totally free obviously um and you can come on in and you know join in the conversation and and post stuff and respond back to people and you know whatever you want to do and uh it's just another way to get in touch with the coffee community and sort of support some of these conversations and um details for that are going to be coming up but you can go over to I brewmyowncoffee.com slash slack and uh, submit your name and email address. And then as soon as the, the uh, service goes live, we're going to drop you an invite and you can come on in and join in the conversation. So hopefully everybody enjoys that. I, I, I'm looking forward to, to getting into some of those conversations in a little bit more depth. Sometimes in, Instagram is really hard to keep a threaded conversation or share, share stuff and, Twitter's even worse, so you know maybe this is something that people can can use and uh, make make good use of. One hundred percent politics free. Oh boy! If you talk yeah, about politics, you get banned. We haven't talked about this yet, but that'll <laughs> boom. Yeah, hey, except for like, we should have a whole channel about like people ranting about cold brew, right? That's a thing now. So anyway, um, yeah. So let's get into the episode. We have been quite busy actually i say we um brian specifically has been quite busy uh doing a lot of very exciting things in coffee uh pushing forward his own uh coffee career and a few months ago as a lot of you folks know brian joined in on the competitions and entered brewers cup in the qualifiers and he placed sixth which is just completely crazy um, and he is on his way to nationals here in a few weeks. And so we're super excited for him. Um, but I thought, you know, let's sit down and, and give the listeners kind of a peek behind the scenes into what it takes to do the kinds of competitions that he's in the process of doing. So can we go back like late last year and kind of run down where, you started in your road to the qualifiers? Absolutely. So what uh, what coffee did you choose and why? When, for the qualifiers, I did our Ethiopia Buridi, which we no longer have on the menu, but I was just going through the coffees that we had on our menu. And we had some other options that 
you know, we had the Los Arboles Geisha, which we got from Colombia, which is really nice, and some other Colombian coffees. And Lee Sill, he's our director of wholesale. He was also competing. He was going and competing on behalf of Quills. So I, who are you competing on behalf of? I just went under IBMOC or oh, yeah. or independent or any of the above. It it was weird because there was a bunch of different forms and boxes yeah. to fill out, and none of it really got attributed to. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but uh, you know, a year before that, I wanted to compete, and I didn't because of financial reasons. I just I couldn't swing it at that time, and I didn't want to let another chance go by without doing it. So I just kind of went in as as an independent because they the rules uh, they technically allow multiple people from a competition to run in a given competition, but they 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 make it known in a couple places that they encourage only one person. So. We had it per in a, shop, per, per shop, right? So they had, and this is yeah. per competition. So for barista, for brewers, like those are mm-hmm. all you can have multiple people in e in each of those. But for one given, so in brewers in this in this case, um, they they'd ideally like you to only have one representative. And I I was interested in going, so we were holding an in house competition because there were a couple of others interested as well. But I didn't want to do the in house because of where where I said I was the year before. I knew I wanted to do it. So I knew I didn't want the in-house competition to be what decided if I would or wouldn't go do it. Sure. So I registered as. So, a- I mean, oh, go on. So that was a little uh, tense, not tense, but it was it was interesting to see um, two competitors using Quills coffees, two employees from Quills, both competing. You and Lee, kind of neck and neck, which was, I thought it was great, um, just for the for the visibility, I guess, of Quills, but. You know, it, it didn't seem like there was too much tension going on. Right. And, like, and during, both of our coffees were just so different that we both were going about it uh, about it in different ways. So he used the Columbia, uh, the Columbia Hambalo, which Hambalo, however you want to say it, which we do still have. And just a really great coffee. And he brought out some excellent expression of that coffee. Um and the Breedy, I so when so when since he was the representative, I wanted to make sure that he had first pick at the coffees. So whether it was our El Bowl, which is what Hannah used for for barista competition, or the Hambalo, or the Los Arboles Geisha, we had three new Colombians in from when at uh, earlier in 2016. Um, Matt and Luke went on. Uh, to Columbia for the best of Calca and to you know pick up some coffee. So we had all these new Colombians in, but I knew with him being the Quills representative, he should have first pick of what coffees to use. And I wasn't, I thought Los Arboles was great. I think it was better in the last couple of weeks that we had it, but I just, it, it just wasn't, it just didn't excite me. And I think what, I think the main reason, and it's a long winded way to get around to the answer, but there was one day when I was at um, our Baxter shop, and I had my Kalita Wave there, and I did a brew of the Buriti, and it was it was awesome. I think I may have told you about it. I, I might have even talked about it on the podcast. Maybe I didn't. But it reminded me of – it had this, like, lemon pop to it that reminded me of the George Howell um, oh, yeah. Geisha yeah, yeah. from a couple years mm-hmm. back. And just some other really nice – it had this grape candy sweetness that reminded me of when Verve has – the green tip geisha. So there is just qualities about that cup that I was like, okay, I've got to use this coffee. So that's, that's what really 
made me pick that one is because of one cup I had on it that just was way different than all the other brews that I had had on it on V60 or whatever on bar. So this this year's competition was maybe a little bit different than previous year's competitions um, in that there was a requirement that you provided a certain amount of the coffee. Um, basically, I think, what was it, like six pounds? No, 10 pounds. Or 10 pounds. A eight. 8.9 pounds is like 4,000 grams or I think it was yeah. just a little over, it was almost nine pounds. Yeah. So just a ton of coffee in, in general. And, you know, I, it seems like a lot of the reason why they did that was to discourage people from using these very costly coffees, you know, geishas specifically, even though a lot of folks did end up competing with geishas uh, because they were funded by or supported by uh, shops or whoever else. But it, at least in Knoxville, when you competed, I did not see a whole ton of geishas there, specifically just because of that um, requirement that that folks provide so much of it. Um, so I thought that was interesting that going with just like a, a washed Ethiopian, you know, was something that could actually score you quite a bit, you know, not having a lot of these other really, really, you know, really spendy coffees out there right. on, on the on the competition. Right. And with talking with Michael, Michael Butterworth, he's our director of education. He trains, um, he goes to train the shop accounts that we have and the baristas and generally everything. I mean, he's, he is, he is the man behind a lot of what Quills is outward facing today. And, you know, he's competed before, not in brewers, but well, has he done brewers? Well, he's competed before. And, you know, he was just saying, you know, one thing you got to keep in mind, Brian, there might be things that you don't like about this coffee, but the point of regionals is to to land you a spot at nationals. And so it doesn't have to be the best coffee right now. It just has to be good enough. And I don't know, maybe I shouldn't really share that. I mean, that's a, maybe it's a bad tip, but um, mm-hmm. I don't think that means you have to slack. I just think it you know, it, it, but it makes sense. The judges say that too when they sent out the information for nationals. You know, their you know regionals are one level, and it kind of sets the playing field. But then regionals, U or U.S. is is a different ball game. So right. so for that, you know, stakes are higher, everything's higher. So it, it makes sense. So, but but the thing is, like I said, with that one cup, I knew that this coffee was great, and if we still had it. I'd probably be using it for U.S., but we don't. We yeah. we thought about freezing some, but nope. So you you kind of settled down on the coffee. What was the process of figuring out what your brew method, ratio, recipe, all of that stuff? Like, how'd you go about figuring that out? Did you do a lot of different trials side by side, or did you just stick with one method and go with it? I. I did do some playing. So I went to some of my standard parameters, which on the Gino or the Cleta, I normally do what I call my large batch, which is 34 grams and uh, 552 total water that I'm using or a half recipe of that, which is 17,276. And, you know, I don't know what it, what it was, the reason why I downsized. I, maybe I only had this much left in the bag, but I went to a 15 and a half gram dose. And I think that put me at about 250 water that I was uh, totaling to. So it's just, you know, about seven and a half, eight ounce total beverage weight. 
about maybe probably about seven ounces. And I just really liked where that was. And so sometimes in prep, there are so many variables. There's so many things that you could continue to change. But at some point in time, you kind of have to lock in some of those variables. So that once I found that brew and it was tasting really nice, it was coming out. Mainly it was hitting the time window that I was really happy with. And I just locked in on that and kind of kept going, which is just interesting because it's it's different than what I normally brew. So right. it was just another, which I like. I like adding new recipes, but it was a just it was just a different recipe to add. My my grind was different. I'm I was using slightly coarser grind than I normally do for like V60s. It was a finer grind than what I normally do for uh, my Kalitas, which makes sense because it was a little smaller dose. So um, it right. just little micro adjustments that kind of got me to where that recipe was. So you, you had a, a comparatively speaking, I mean, that's, that's quite a small batch for a Gino, which you ended up going with, right? The Gino. Correct. Um, I mean, that's a fairly small batch for, for a Gino, but it was, it was interesting to me how many Kalita wave 185 slash Gino you know, I I put them in the same category. You, I I'll, I'll get poo pooed on that on our Slack after a while, right. I'm sure. But I stick those two brew methods really in the same category for the most part. Um, but a lot of people at brewers were competing with Kalita 185s or Genos, absolutely. Which obviously, you know, gives you the big thumbs up for for it being a, a fairly consistent and repeatable brew method, right? And the I mean, it was something that I mean it, TDS cup after cup was staying similar. I was, if anyone watched my stories back then, you were probably seeing where I was messing with water temperature that I'm starting with because I'm measuring the the temps, the bed slurry and just trying to, to keep it in the pocket of which I really wanted it. You know, there's a lot of variables you try and chase for that. And what's interesting though, I, I felt like I needed to kind of lower that dose because the coffee was so dense that it it had a lot of, it took a long time to clear the brew bed yeah, I think right. it was still about a four-minute brew, four to four-minute brew for such a small batch, but the coffee wasn't over-extracting. So sure. I wasn't fearing that it was giving me bad qualities in the cup. It just continued to draw out more sweetness. And I think because I kept brewing it and kept brewing it, I, I knew that and I understood that. And if I dosed higher, I it just lacked some of the pop in the the zing that I liked in the brew. So it was it was interesting. I you know, I'm just I'm grateful that we landed on that recipe, but it's it was it was very weird. I think what what I played with the most is water because right. we've talked about this last episode was with third wave water, but we have a shop in Louisville. We have a couple two shops in Louisville, but uh, one where our offices were previously located and then our roastery is in New Albany just right across the river. So I have two different states' waters. I, state may not make a difference. Two different locations of water, though, municipal districts. And then third wave water and then just regular bottles of water or the tap water from my home. And I played with that a ton because brews I did at the shop were different than brews I did at the roastery, which were different than third wave water. And I ended up landing on using third wave water. Which is really interesting too, because and and for those of you who don't know or who didn't know, I I ended up flying out, uh, you know, just to 
shake my pom-poms for Mr. Bikey during his routine. Um, but it was, it was really cool to see, um, that sort of prep period that you had because the whole prep was basically spent trying out three different waters or sorry, two different waters technically. And, um, but that was really it. The whole prep was, was basically spent trying out the SCA certified water that they had there provided. And then third wave water, you know, with a couple of different, uh, iterations to the, uh, to the grind size, but that was it really for your, for your prep period. So it wasn't even until like you got there at the show that you knew that you were using third wave water. Oh yeah. I thought was cool. There were several things that happened right there when we were practicing uh, a couple of days before that made enormous differences to me in the presentation. And to be honest, what's so weird, and this is one of those things about the different waters. I mean, the difference between two waters with all other things being equal be potentially a minute of difference in drawdown time. Mm-hmm. And that would make a difference in the final brew, which is just crazy because we kind of talk about it and we don't, I, at least I previously didn't really play with it that much, but then just noticing that, you know, one particular water versus one particular water not only creates a taste difference, but it affects your entire brewing experience. Again, one different, one minute total difference. That's a ton. Right. I thought it was super interesting how many people actually switched to third wave water. I mean, I know that it sounds like this part of the episode is all about third wave water, but it was interesting to me because obviously, you know, we had the, the crew from third wave water wandering around. Um, and there were a, a good number of people at Brewers Cup who decided at the very last minute to switch to using third wave water, which was pretty cool. Right. And I, if any, again, this, no one's going to remember this cause they can't go back and watch them, but I, I was doing, well, it was a, a live on Instagram I did a, a couple months back where I was doing a couple of coffees with um, third wave water. And so one of them, it was um, the Juan Pena from Populous, which got better to me using it. But then Novels Geisha, I didn't like it as much. And I'm I'm currently running into that with my current competition coffee. So mm-hmm. I've not been using third wave water lately because when I was first pray, uh, playing with it, it was it was not it was not giving me what the other waters did. Uh, uh, well, maybe it's not the way I say it. Giving me it it wasn't producing a superior cup quality. And mm-hmm. uh, again, I would have to talk with the guys, and I was talking with Seth Mills. Shout out to Seth Mills as always because it's a podcast episode. And you I was know, just he, thinking about mentioning, right? He was he was talking about talking with the guys to to customize a water, um, or to at least tell them what I was looking for or what I was getting. But based on people's coffees that I tried with third wave water, um, there was there's a characteristic that I was kind of noticing, and I don't know if it has to do with the fact that it doesn't use bicarbonate or not, but I, I'm running into that same issue with this particular coffee, and I just know that it's not it's not what I want. So maybe like if I if I had uh, something more customized would be fine. Yeah. But I've just, I don't have that kind of time right now. We're just super busy in general as well as prepping. So I'm just kind of currently using, um, water from our Baxter location, which is a kind of a problem because I need that water in Seattle and I'm going to have to fly it out there somehow or ship it out there somehow. So, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, which is which is a huge case for for third wave water in general, but 
obviously if it's not providing a superior cup, then maybe that's not the route. And I might still have time to talk with them. They're, they're not too far away from me. I might have time to drive up there and, and, and do some playing in the next, you know, couple of weeks, but we'll see. So aside from water, which obviously is a very important part in brewing, um, a couple other things that I thought were really interesting and you mentioned it, but I mean, it still frustrates the life out of me. I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second. It still frustrates the life out of me that we don't get live streamed Brewers Cup competitions. Um, I agree. The fact that the fact that it is the most approachable competition, people just brewing coffee like they would at home, and people at home can't actually watch those competitions is, is beyond me. Um, so this is one of my first times actually getting to see it. You know, having actually traveled out there. Uh, to, to watch it live. And I mean, I know a lot of people are doing Instagram stories or live stream or whatever. Um, and that's great, but still, I think these competitions need to be streamed so that everybody can see them. But some of the behind the scenes things that you probably wouldn't have seen, even if you did get to tune in, um, you brought your EK 43 out, right? You, you, you traveled all the way out there with your really, no, wait, absolutely not. <laughs> what what did you grind with for your competition? I used my Vario. So yeah. it has the steel burrs. And when I was using the EKs in the two shops, aside from the fact that I couldn't pull either of them from an active cafe, I right. I just, I really liked the, the cups that I was getting with the Vario. And I knew it was something that I had, that I had control over. So that's what we brought. So a big shout out to Alex Meese, who actually placed one spot above you. Correct. Uh, <laughs> having having helped him and you know supported him and stuff along the way as as we were able to, I thought that was kind of a funny turn of events. But super great guy, love Alex to death. Um, but he actually competed with the sete, so he did. He brought his set. He brought his sete out there, and uh, he actually screened it. He he sifted out the fines and the boulders and then brewed with the remaining coffee. Uh, this was, he didn't have access to the crew sifter. Um, so he was doing it with just big, big giant screens, which was awesome. And he did very well with it um, competing with steadfast coffee. So that's very cool. And I think he's still planning on doing the same thing with the set is in, in photos that I've seen. Um, anyway, so that's, that's something I think is just super awesome is the fact that people are competing in these competitions not using equipment that you can't go out and buy yourself at a reasonable price. Um, competing generally with coffees that are available in shops, um, which is another reason why I just think Brewer's Cup is is the cat's pajamas. Right. Um, That's one thing I took anyway. a lot of pride in is that I was working with Houston about bending the roast profile a little bit to more of my liking. But one of the things that we played with, again, while I was prepping just a couple of days before when we were in Knoxville was the the roast profile and I just ended up using the same profile that we were using for our production roasts and I'm I take a lot of pride in that that I'm using a grinder that any home brewer can would could or would have and I'm brewing on a device that's widely available and I'm brewing a coffee that you could go into the shop and you could pick up or you could order online and I was really happy because you know again when I was talking the year prior about wanting to go. All I wanted to do was go and compete and just do well and be telling the tale of, you know, someone who doesn't work in coffee or didn't work in coffee who's able to brew 
amazing, amazing cup of coffee and, and, you know, learn what they needed to in order to do that. Now, again, I work at Quills, but I still don't work on bar. Um, and so I, I'm thankful for the time that I still get to explore and be jazzed about coffee the same way that I was prior to, to moving here. Yeah. And I think that that experience was shared by a lot of, of people competing in Brewers Cup. It seemed to me like a lot of folks were, you know, obviously some were attached to shops. Most were attached to shops, but there was a good number of people there who were competing either independently or being like sponsored by a, a company, by a roaster to, to compete. Definitely focusing on home brewing techniques and things that everybody can do at home. Very cool. I think it's funny because we kind of joked, um, this is a long, long time ago, but we kind of joked about us being the DJs for uh, Brewers Cup. And I think it's funny that, <laughs> one, we were there both together, but you know, I was competing and you were just hanging around and shaking pom-poms and taking photos and watching other competitors and catching up with friends and stuff. Um, but I think it's funny that we were both there, but we weren't commentating. And here we are talking about how we wish there was commenta- commentating yeah. about it. I mean, it'd be great. Uh, obviously, I would still love to do it. But in the um, future, Sprudge, you know, you know some guys. <laughs> anyway, so um, as we near closer to uh, to the Nationals, which uh, just a few weeks from now, um, how's prep going? We, we, we haven't talked, by the way, we j- just for full disclosure, Brian and I really have not talked in great depth up to this point. So I really don't know what... Uh, prep has looked like or even what coffee you are using so have you figured out what coffee you're using i have yes mm. and and to be honest just a couple of days ago there was uh there was something that came um that almost took its place and i might still brew it a couple more times just to double check mm. but Okay. Um, so a large percentage of, of certainty that you'll be using a certain coffee correct, or not. Correct. But prep is is much different. So timing-wise, it's just different. There's a lot going on for Quills. We've got, with new shops opening, we're, we, we just moved offices. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of us going to SCA. Uh, Michael Butterworth and I are going to be going to Panama in what? May. I extended that invitation out to you as well. So we'll see what happens, but we're, we're going to be going to visit the Lamastuses and mm. some other stuff. So there, there's just a ton going on. So prep just looks so much different. Plus we're working with a coffee that we didn't previously have on our menu that we had dialed in already. So tweaking the roast is something that we're, we're doing for competition, but at the same time we would be doing it bring it on the menu also. You know what I mean? So Is it one I've had? It is one you've had. So I don't know. I don't know if this soon I'm supposed to be quiet about what coffee I'm using or not. Huh. So what do you what do you think? Do do I need to be quiet about what coffee I'm using? I I, I think you could say it. Okay, so I'm using uh the La Papaya. Yes! And sorry. It's okay. It's okay. And so it's it's been but what's so interesting about this coffee is that it's much different than the breedy was in that Mm -hmm. getting it in its window is incredible but it is very hard to do it and so it's proving to be very challenging for me as a brewer for houston as a roaster 
And it's easy for me to get really, really, really beat up and discouraged about that. But at the same time, it is very exciting. And if we do well with it, then it will be incredibly rewarding. And I'm, I, I guarantee that story is shared among the producer as well. So, you know, it's, that's exciting as well, but it has been quite a coffee to wrestle with. And I'm, I'm very, very, very excited about it. So, so, so let me, let me just say, um, I, you and I both obviously were huge Juan Pena slash La Papaya fans last year. I mean, as were a lot of people, um, an amazing coffee. Uh, and I had it from a whole handful of roasters last year. And as soon as I started seeing it pop out on shops pages this year, I've been ordering the heck out of it. Um, I've had it from Populous. I've had it from Quills. I've had it from Rose Park. Square One. From from Square One. From Neat. Um, just a whole handful of roasters. And I will say, this year, I don't know what it is. I don't know how, you know, if I'm being completely objective about it, but I have had some incredibly good ones this year roasted by certain roasters. And I've had some not so great ones roasted by other roasters. And I think in general, I think I've had fewer amazing ones this year than I had last year. Um, so I'm, I wonder if your your point about it being challenging to nail in nail down i wonder if that's just something that that exists across the board now i obviously i don't know if if everything is the same lot i don't know you know all that traceability information i haven't compared all that but in general um i've had i've had a variety of experiences with it um so i will be really curious to see how uh how that coffee fares yeah with you guys it's been it's been crazy, but it's really 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 cool. So the the story though, Juan Pena's story, Ecuador, La Papaya. I mean that's a that's a fairly compelling story too. If you're gonna if you're gonna stand up and like have to explain to a series of judges about a, an origin story for coffee, like that's probably one of the one of the better ones to be able to tell. Right. How yeah. much How much do you know about about you know, where the coffee came from. I mean, have you gotten a chance to do a lot of research and stuff? I have. Yeah. There's still more I want to do. And uh, I have some questions into one that I'm still waiting to hear back from. And uh, I'm excited. I think there's, there's a lot of information there and there, there's not enough time for all of it either, which is yeah, kind of what, what a bummer is. But I mean, the, the, the very fact that I'm sorry. And the very fact that like, you would be reaching out and having direct conversations with Juan. I mean, that. I'm sorry, I'm I'm a little jealous, but that's pretty cool. Right. Well, it's it's not as nice as that. It's I have to. I'm I'm going I'm going through a person who's going through a person who's sending yeah. him to Juan, who's getting him back to me. So kind of it's kind of like you know so many degrees of separation, but that's fine. Yeah, I'd, I'd play Kevin Bacon on that. I. That's right. Wouldn't have a problem with it. Anyway. <laughs> I think that was our first Kevin Bacon reference on the uh, on the on the show. Can you believe it? Yeah. Took us this long. I know. <laughs> uh, so uh, brew method nailed down. Still doing the Gino. Uh, I currently am using the Gino. Yeah, and uh, brew recipe has changed too. So another Ooh. another weird thing. 
Um, Fun. But there, there's some other information I don't really want to get into. Um, yeah. Just for... We're keeping it hush-hush. Yeah, just for some it's sake need-to-know stuff. But it's... I'm really looking forward to this. So, yeah. really looking forward to it. So, and Knoxville was, was nice for you all because you could drive there, right? You didn't have oh, yeah. to, like, ship everything. It's about three and a half so, hours. Seattle is going to be a little more challenging, oh, yeah. I'd imagine. Yes. I, to be so. honest, those are logistics I've still not worked out. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to send all my brewing devices on ahead of me, but then I worry about if it gets damaged or lost in transit. Uh, right. The grinder I'll probably take on with me, but as far as my genos and decanters and scales, I'm not sure of. My cups, I'm not sure of. Uh, the water, I'm not sure. I really don't know what I'm going to do about this one at all. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in terms of competing, like, around the time that uh, the the qualifiers were going on in Austin and in, in Knoxville, like, you just see a lot of baristas on Instagram posting to stories or posting on their on their feeds about, like, giant bags that they're toting through the airport, <laughs> like... It seems like a a big logistical nightmare. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, that's a detail I really really should figure out. I've been trying not yeah. to do a whole lot though. It's weird because so we we haven't really mentioned this, but the competitions are at the same time as SCA, so Specialty Coffee Expo, and right. it's tricky because there's so many people who are going to be there, and people have been asking about plans and dinners and this and that, and when if I'm going to be on the show floor and. It's been hard because I don't want to make any commitments whatsoever because I don't know where I'm going to be in headspace for yep. this competition because I want to be really, really prepared. And it, it makes me a little nervous because I, I so if, if anyone's felt slighted, I, I apologize and I promise <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to do. I just really don't know what to do because I have I have the tendency I could make plans every night and then I would really wreck myself. Yeah. So well, I'm just you were, not to you, do that. Knoxville was very much like, I mean, I think that first night it was very much like business, you know, <laughs> you, you were, you were not exactly at a place to like rub elbows with a lot of people. No, I was really don't... confused. I was trying to appease a lot of people too. And, uh, and again, it was one of those things where I was trying to make events and do this and that and trying to connect yeah. it like I did when I was in, um, for the qualifying event the year before in, was that Tulsa, Oklahoma or was that no Kansas city? You know, I was only there for a short time in Kansas City, sort of like you were for for this um, for Knoxville, and so I was trying to cram a lot of stuff in in one, and it was just blah, just a big mess. And I realized that yeah. that was well, it was two things: it was that, and then it was the fact that Michael wasn't there in Knoxville, but he was being so hard about you got to do your run throughs, you don't go out, don't do this stuff, and so he, it just kept cre- creeping back in my head, like if you're gonna do well. You need to be ready for it. So I was right. just, I, I had a ton of internal struggle with everything that was going on. So it was, yeah, it was very confusing. I got to say too, I mean, while I was there in Knoxville, it was, it was, it was very, I mean, intense backstage, you know, being able to see a lot of the competitors getting ready and stuff. I remember the one moment where I was standing backstage and I think it was probably near the end of the competition and uh, Bethany Hargrove was getting ready to go. And she was over there, like, headphones in, running through her routine, eyes closed, like, shaking back and forth. And I just, like, I had to go take a stories 
standing next to her. I didn't want to bother her or say anything, but it was like that, that, that happens a lot. Like just people in the zone, totally tuning people out. So, you know, while it's unfortunate, it's like, you really want to see a lot of people talk to a lot of people, you know, go, go rub elbows with a lot of folks. Like, you know, most, most competitors are, are in the zone in that moment, which is cool to see. So, right. Anyway, I tell you what's weird too. And for anyone who I'd love to hear from other competitors too, if anyone is doing the same routine, if anyone's doing the same routine, I'd love to hear from you about what changes in between regionals and uh, U.S. Or if it's if you're out of, if you're not in the U.S. between regionals, if there are regionals, and then you know your the qualifying event for your location, or yeah. if you change it up because doing a completely different routine with a completely different coffee, it feels weird. It feels weird because I've practiced one in, in very recent time with different brew parameters for different reasons. And so when I'm talking about something different, it feels foreign as if I'm giving the wrong information, you know? So you kind of have to fight. I'm, I feel like I'm fighting that a little bit because I'm not talking sure. about Buridi and I'm not brewing it for the same reasons and I'm not getting the same flavor notes. And I feel like I'm erasing something that was just very f- freshly, like routinely said in my brain and it, and it feels really weird. So... I'd love to hear yeah. from other competitors about their experiences too. Well, and hopefully, um, you know, I, I am planning to be there as well. So, you know, I'm obviously I can probably do more asking around to people than, than maybe you'll have the time to do. Right. Uh, but it'd be, be great to, to ask some folks about their experiences too. Um, especially at that high level with all, with all the level of, of competition that happened in Austin and then obviously in Knoxville, I can imagine this is going to be a, a very exciting year for, for Brewers Cup, obviously for the other competitions as well. So I think that's yeah. about it. I think I probably have to go do a run through now. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably a good idea. Um, yeah, and, and uh, obviously you're not a guest, but thanks for taking time uh, to be with us Absolutely. on the show. Likewise. <laughs> it's uh yeah this is a really stressful time but i i'm sure folks are are really appreciative of hearing like a lot of the stuff that goes behind the scenes and all the work that gets put in and the the frustration and struggles about trying to pick a coffee and and compete at this level it's pretty cool where where are the you know who where are the winners going to go if and when they win uh I, for- Seattle. I forget where Barista goes, but Brewers is in Budapest, and I believe that's in Ooh. June. So it's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. International travel. That'll be fun. Right. I'm, I, maybe I should book my tickets to Budapest. Zoom, zoom. Yeah, it's it. There'll be, um, and for anyone who doesn't know about the format, uh, this, this, uh, during SEA, Friday and Saturday, at least for Brewers, are when the open routines are and the compulsory round. And then the top six move on and compete on Sunday. So if there is a stream, hopefully you'll see my face on Sunday. That, that would be awesome. So I'm, I'm rooting for Sunday. Yeah. 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 And uh, I don't know what the status of the, of the live stream is going to be, but Absolutely. You know, if you're following along on I Brew My Own Coffee or even probably on your 
Instagram. We'll we'll try the very best we can to make sure we stream uh, at least your your routine. Um, and compulsory is something that we really didn't talk about very much either. Um, but I found compulsory to be really interesting. Uh, just the fact that it really made it really did make or break certain competitors. Oh yeah, this definitely. year, you know, with with having to brew a coffee that everyone else is brewing that may not actually be the best coffee in the whole world, um, and doing that in a way that scores you enough points to move on. Um, I think it's the, it seems to me like that's the one of the real tests of like a good brewer is to be able to to knock down a, a compulsory coffee Absolutely. and do really well. Yeah, and really I did well with it. I did very bad at it. <laughs> so it it taught me a lot. It was very humbling to, you know, and and I I can back go back through some of the things I did while I was prepping in my headspace and just in my workspace, just really terrible practices. So I know things yeah. going into this next one to and not to do, but that was real. It was a lot of fun, but I did very bad at it. So, yeah. Or I should say, I don't want to say I did very bad at it. I think I probably did fine at it. There were just several, there were just people who did much better than me. Well, I can't even say that. I did very bad. So, anyway, <laughs> I, did, I did very bad. Well, aside from that, it just highlights the fact that, like, your open service routine was incredibly well polished and that your coffee was really tasty right um so hopefully the stars align and we can we can get both of those things that on, would be on the docket for this that would be great that would be awesome <laughs> I, I still i've been thinking about it. i'm like i don't even i still couldn't i still don't know how to comprehend the fact that if that was if that happened i still have yet to get past that thought process like yeah you know some people are like but what if you do win like I've ne- I've not been able to think past that. I I don't does not compute at this point. So sure, we'll see. It's probably a good thing. Don't, yeah, I don't let it get to my one head. day as it comes. All right. Well, thank you for uh, for sharing all that with us, yes, and sir. thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, and thanks for sticking with us and refreshing your podcast catchers. Uh, really do appreciate it. Um, anything else you want to say before we go? Yeah, exciting for anyone. We, we have a lot of people who listen to this show, and I know that we have people who are homebrewers, and there's people who ah. are in coffee. And so I want to plug, I'm sure a lot of you have been tuned on to this, but um, Chris Tefirio, also a local to Louisville, has a podcast called Keys to the Shop, which is about coffee service professionals uh, and a lot of tips and talks to a lot of people in the industry. And so I want to make sure to throw... A little plug for that for anyone who's listening to this who does work in coffee as another Definitely. outlet to brush up on some things and related to coffee service. So it was really awesome to meet Chris at the show. And actually, uh, in a weird, totally weird turn of events, he ended up being one of your judges yeah. for your open service routine, which is really cool. But the first night that we got there, there was a, a party, like a La Marzocco hosted party. And he was actually set up on a table. With a mic, with two mics and a mixer and everything else, like recording with some of the literally some of the top names in coffee, like right there at the party. I was like, man, I feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm falling behind here with right. the with the podcast. But he's he did doing a great job. So definitely go check out Keys to the Shop if you haven't already. Um, one more thing that we should probably say. Uh, also, we'll have a link to it in the show notes. Uh, Mr. Brian Bikey has been featured as of this day. April the 5th, which would actually be uh, yesterday if you're listening to this on Thursday, um, on Sprudge.com 
for coffee on Instagram. So if you haven't had a chance to go read his article and his interview there, uh, go do that because it's pretty great. And yeah. go go support the folks from the show. That's yeah, uh, we love it. That was such a surprise to see today. It's it, <laughs> I they talked to me a, a while back uh, about it, so it was it was just a surprise a surprise to see that drop today. You you can tell though you can tell though that that interview happened quite a long time ago, just from some of the keys. Yeah, you and I hadn't you know. met then. I know at the very end of it, you were basically saying like, "Hey." Brian and I haven't met. It'd be really cool to meet him. And it's like, yeah, we met up a, a few months ago. All because cool. of Sprudge. And I think you were drinking the uh, the Kayon Mountain. Yeah, which Quills, is a great is... coffee, by the way. Hey, I'll, I'm going to interrupt, though, because I just got a newsletter from Square Mile today that they have Kayon Mountain. No way. So I might still be drinking it, but from a new roaster here pretty soon. Fun. Cool. Well, that's, that's exciting. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We do appreciate it a lot. You can follow us on Instagram at iBrewMyOwnCoffee. You can follow us on Twitter at BrewMyOwnCoffee. Check out our website at iBrewMyOwnCoffee.com. Click the contact us link at the top of the page if you have any questions. The show notes for this episode are iBrewMyOwnCoffee.com slash 52. What else do we need to know? Oh, iBrewMyOwnCoffee.com slash Slack if you want to sign up for our Slack channel. And comment along about this episode or about coffees you're drinking or stuff that you're brewing, recipes you're working on, whatever. Head on over and uh, get an invite as soon as possible. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Until next time, happy brewing. Happy brewing, everybody. <laughs>